Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, this is NFL legend, two time Super Bowl champion, Gary Clark. You know what you got to tune into, right? You know what podcast is off the chain. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Josh Taylor. Joining me is my guy, Brian Murphy. What's going on, Brian? What's up, man? We're at the end of the preseason, ready to talk some real, real, real football. It feels good. I know. And first off, we have to say this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And I am praying that you, no one bet on Washington yesterday. And first off, don't bet on preseason because anything can happen. It's not real football. But we are two weeks away from real football. So I highly suggest everyone go over to Bet Online because it is the fastest and easiest way to place all of your sports betting needs, whether it's football, MLB, NBA, doesn't matter. I'm a sports betting guy. You best believe I got money on some college football this season. Um, but guys, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you sign up for Bet Online. It doesn't get any better than that. Don't. No one else is doing that. It's 50% of free money regardless. So you can play. You can bet against teams. You can you can lose money. It's okay to lose sometimes because you can hedge it. Just bet the second half. Washington's a second half team unless Dustin Hopkins is kicking. I'm sure we'll talk about that too. But guys, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Because like I said, we are two weeks away. Now, if you came here for a breakdown of the game last night, if that even was a game, you might want to log off because we're not going to be breaking down the game at all. We're going to be talking about things that we really feel like need to be talked about. Ron's plans, pretty much what I uh, named this broadcast. Love it. So first off, we'll get the not really elephant out of the room, but the only news really today was Fitz was named quarterback one. Uh, not shocking to anyone unless you have a, a Taylor Heineke jersey, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. That was a that was a given. You know, I guess it had to formally be said, but yeah, that was the plan all along, I think. And it just that's the way it goes. Yeah, and he also said, like, he's our starter week one, and then someone kind of threw that nugget in there, like, and going forward, too. Yeah, so I think, I think we talked about it, maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. we talked about how long of a leash, you know, Fitzpatrick has. I think it's a pretty long leash, honestly. I don't see it being like, oh, he's throwing interceptions, so we have to pull him, anything like that. Now, talking about starters, yesterday, not a single starter played. And even a lot of depth pieces did not play yesterday. We're going to talk about that because I really thought about this, and there's a lot of ways you can really look at it. So Heineke didn't play, McKissick didn't play, Cam Sims, Deami Brown, Humphreys, Ioannidis, um, Smith-Williams, St. Juice, Bobby McCain, even depth pieces. And these are all guys that we know are locks, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, this says Ron likes what he's seen in everything out of these guys so far. These are locks in the roster. We don't have to see anything else out of them. We're just getting ready for week one. These guys aren't fighting for a roster spot. So essentially in this game, you have Ron playing a full game with guys that are fighting for a spot, trying to separate themselves, or just aren't going to make this team. What did you first think when you saw that come out, that the Ravens' ones are going to be going against Washington's twos and even threes? Yeah, I was a little little surprised. I think that just based on the way that the offense, the first-team offense had played, I thought that they might get a series or two. I wasn't expecting them to play like a full dress rehearsal, like whole half or anything, but I was kind of surprised that they didn't go out there 
um, and, and get some reps in. I only say that because now we go back a week to the last time that they played. So the next time that the, the first team offense is going to play a game is three weeks. You know, there's a three-week gap there. That's where yeah. I was kind of hoping that the starters would get some time. But, I mean, for me, it was all injuries and staying injury-free. And then when we see J.K. Dobbins go down, I mean, it's another reason where you're glad that Ron Rivera didn't start his guys. And I know that hindsight's twenty twenty, but, um, you know, I, I was initially surprised that those guys didn't get out there just because of the long layoff. And, you know, hopefully they don't come out rusty against um, Los Angeles. But, you know what, week one is all about shaking off the rust. So I bet you both teams are going to come out and maybe, and you know, Ron's way smarter than me at football and he's probably thought all this through. But I was kind of surprised, not disappointed, um, but just kind of it, it's leaving me wanting a little bit more from the first team offense and kind of a question mark there. Yeah, and you, you talk about the Chargers. And I want to bring that up because Herbert hasn't seen any action. Right. Right. He's got a new offensive coordinator, a lot of new things going on, and he's just going out there kind of for the first time week one when he does see Washington. So I want people to think about that too. And another thing I thought about was you you mentioned, you know, our offense is going to go three weeks. So say we play a quarter yesterday. We still have two weeks till week one, right? How much of a difference is it that one week of saying like, we can still be rusty because you don't have that fourth game. You just have that third preseason game, right? No, I'm with you. But I think more than, you know, along with the rust, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. One quarter is not going to make a huge difference. But seeing live bullets, live action, you know, this is how a defense is going to react to, you know, whatever formation. It gives you a little bit more to work with in practice. So I'm with you that one quarter, you know, three series isn't going to really help you shake off the rust. But I do think that there's something to be said about in-game action and you know I, I would have loved to have seen a few more snaps honestly honestly I would have loved to see more back uh, in the uh the game before that against the Bengals I would have I would have rather seen the starters play a lot more there so I mean I I just I, I feel like we're we're I want a little bit more from the the first team offense you know I would have loved to have seen a little bit more and I would have felt better um so, but I'm with you. I'm right. You're you're absolutely right. One quarter in a meaningless preseason game where you got the doors blown off, you really isn't going to make a difference for Jelen or anything like that. And uh, Ranger here brings up a good point. And Washington at one point was three point favorites. I just checked Vegas swing it to uh, one and a half point favorites with the Chargers. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I agree. There's a lot of questions with them. You know, especially Herbert. Like I said, new offense. But my point that I want to bring up that you kind of talked about was. Ron sees these guys every day in practice, every day that they do practice, right? We as fans are saying, oh, we want to see more. We want to see more of the offense. I want touchdowns. I want to see success in the first team. Ron's, Ron is seeing success every day at practice. Now, barring it is against each other, but this is a very good defense. But I think not playing your starters is a good thing, not even because of the injuries, because Ron is saying, hey, I've seen enough in practice and then our first two preseason games, whatever you did get out of that, mm -hmm. to say that I don't need us to roll out in the third game. I like what I've seen. I feel good rolling into week one. I need to see who's fighting for a spot on this team left. And JP brought up a point saying that Ron said there was four spots open heading into the game yesterday, and now there's six. So two guys might have left their lost their spots. Uh, I don't know how much you want to read into that, but just – us as fans, yes, we want to see more. We want to see these Madden-like numbers. Like We want to see touchdowns and so on. 
but Ron is seeing this every single day in, in practice. I feel mm-hmm. like if he didn't like what he was seeing, they absolutely would have played yesterday. So I think that's a good thing saying, hey, we don't need to play Fitzpatrick and Terry and Curtis Samuel doesn't need to rush back like we can let him go. Same with Gibson. I'm fine with it. The more I thought about it, I'm like, one drive of real live action, if someone was to get hurt, it's a freak thing. But it happened. It just mm-hmm. happened. It wasn't on our team, thankfully. Um, obviously, we want J.K. Dobbins to heal up because he's a dynamic running back. love his game. But is it really worth that little bit of risk? I don't think it is. Um, so even without the injuries, just Ron saying, hey, I think we look good enough to not play, I was all for it. Now, let's talk about the thing Ron did say about six spots open. Cuts are two days away, and we're going to talk about it Tuesday night with the roster cuts getting cut down to 53. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Like Ron openly saying, hey, we have six open spots currently. <laughs> two guys yeah. lost their jobs essentially yesterday. Yeah, it, it is definitely curious, and you wish he would have just told you which position so we could at least end the yeah, speculation. So terrible, that spot's over. Yeah, <laughs> right? So, But you got to think that it's probably at some of those spots where we're, you know, we weren't really sure whether – it be wide receiver, you know, adding one more wide receiver versus not. Um, is there, uh, you know, a O-line linebackers? A one. Yeah, O line, uh, linebackers, defensive oh, yeah. backs. I mean, I think there's there's probably a few places that where you could guess and pinpoint where that Maybe was coming tight from. End? Yeah, and and, and Who's some, that third tight end. And and sometimes you know, for me, it's kind of when I was kind of going through it, it was kind of a numbers game, not so much, you know, I don't like this guy. It's like, I like too many guys, yeah. um, which is a good problem to have. So yeah, it is curious that he came out and said it. I don't know that many coaches are that open about the fact that, you know, they have a certain number of spots available. And then to say that it, it, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe two guys, you know, He's really opened his out. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, no, it could be negative that those two guys played awful, but it could be that two guys stepped up and, you know, are making a case for themselves at the 11th hour. But yeah, I, I love the transparency. And I, I think I saw that uh, Ron also was saying that he keeps an eye on everything going on. You know, he he hears, you know, if a guy's interested, you know, if a team is interested in one of yeah. their guys and kind of watches the waiver wire, watches social media. So I love the honesty. I thought that was um, interesting. Not No one says yeah. that. Right, right. They love to say, you know, I don't watch that when you know 100% they do. And to come out and admit it is kind of refreshing, actually. So yeah. um he went as far as to say is like which guys are on the bubble, but I, I love the honesty and it'll be interesting to see. I think that come Tuesday we'll probably we'll probably be a little surprised with something with a movie makes here or there because you know he let us know that there were some spots available. So I, I'm kind of itching to see what that roster looks like. And I don't know about you, but I think there are going to be some names that aren't even on the roster right now that end up making the final 53. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that too. Maybe some additions right around this time is where you start seeing some trades too. Like I know the 49ers have been fielding offers for some of their depth guys that could start somewhere else. Like I guess it would be like realistically like our Tim Settle kind of players. Um, But talking about the extra six spots, I think maybe instead of going from six wide receivers, now he wants seven. I think that could be one of them. Like saying like, let's make a room for a Mm -hmm. Dax Milne who I think makes the team. I'm I'm I, I feel really good about saying Dax Milne makes the team now. Um, so I have Terry Samuel, Diami Humphreys, Cam AGG slightly makes it just because he's just another big body guy. And like I said, I think Dax Milne uh, makes it also. Um, then also Tori McTyre got hurt yesterday. So I don't know if that kind of hurts him 
not mm. really sure what I was going with him yet. Um, didn't really see too much about it today, but I think I saw a concussion, right? So you just don't really know what's going right. to happen with him yet. So maybe he was one of those spots. Maybe he had a spot, and now he might be one of those injury guys that might miss out, or you know, maybe you do keep an Everett now over him, or you just don't know. It's really you have to digest everything that Ron said, right? And kind of think about what all happened during the game. Um, same with linebackers had a lot of depth issues, so maybe he's opening a spot to bring in a, a guy like a KJ Wright, which would be amazing, by the That'd way. Be huge, <laughs> or uh, yeah, or another guy that gets cut Tuesday at the deadline, like a vet. Um, so speaking of vets, Ron also mentioned he loves the edge guys. He loves what Shaka Tony and uh, William Bradley King have been doing. Mentioned that uh, Jason Smith Williams has taken a huge step this offseason. Loves the depth. But he went out of his way to say, I really would like a vet there. Do you think we're going shopping a little bit? And do you think Ron at all regrets trading Ryan Kerrigan or no? Um, I, I feel like I don't think Ryan Kerrigan would ever be a headache, but I think that he felt like he probably needed a bigger role than he knew he was going to get here. And so I don't know that you want a guy there that, you know, isn't sulking, but, you know, there is some tension there when he thinks he should be on the field more. So I, I don't know that he's regretting it fully. Now, if it comes down to, you know, uh, Chase and Montez are gassed every fourth quarter because they don't have anybody to back them up and it's showing on film and they're not able to get home at the end of the game, then yeah, I will say that losing Ryan Kerrigan was a big deal. But I do think that they are going to go looking for a guy. I think there are guys on the street or guys that are going to be cutting these next couple of days that could easily replace a guy like Casey Tuhill, who I think is just going to kind of make the – roster by default um i i, I absolutely think you got to do your due diligence and go uh you know just kind of scan the waiver wire and see who's available because i think you could definitely get a bigger contributor than what they have now now i would love for shaka tony and william bradley king to kind of step up but they're young and they're just now getting it and they're just now kind of uh figuring out what nfl offenses are about so um i don't know that they are ready even if you wanted to you know have them there as though in, in those spots. So, uh, yeah, I think that they're, I think that that, you know, fourth pass rush or third pass, whatever number it is, I think is going to come from outside of the organization for sure. Yeah. And I love Shaka Tony and I love, uh, William Bradley King. But if you, if you watch that first game, they were gassed, like their conditioning was terrible. And even Ron, um, it was either after the game or the next day talked about it. He said, yeah, we got to get the, those young guys up to uh, NFL speed because it they were – I mean, you saw noticeably it was like, right. no, round five of a UFC championship fight in the corner, just like give me some water, I need some ice, something, yeah. pull out the oxygen mask because they were hurting. But they're young. They're coming into it. The, the speed in the league is different. We hear it all the time. Um, but I do agree with you. I'm looking at certain positions that we could upgrade. Do you think running back would be one? This is a hot take that I wanted to bring up without giving you any heads up. I want to see what you think off the fly. Do we first off, do we keep four running backs? I'm not saying Jarrett Patterson wouldn't make it because I think he does, but do you think we keep four running backs and get rid of a Peyton Barber? Uh, you know, I think they keep four. I think Peyton Barber's on it right now, but I absolutely think that they're going to be looking for somebody to replace that guy because. I think you can find a, a more dynamic guy than Peyton Barber. And it's no offense to him. He really did his job last year, but there's got to be somebody better than that uh, that can give you a little bit more than than what he does. 
Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I, I really think that, you know, Gibson, McKissick, and Patterson are your three contributors. And then to have a fourth guy that could be, whether it's short yardage or another um, pass catcher, I, I don't know. But, yeah, Peyton Barber, I, I mean, we talked about it all last season. Um, you know, thank you, you for – <laughs> yeah thank you but I, I mean i think that there's somebody better out there for sure that wouldn't surprise me at all but for whatever reason it seems like this coaching staff really loves him and so i'm not going to be shocked either way if he he makes it or doesn't um just because he's been around this long um but to me there's got to be somebody right there's got to be somebody that could do that just as well if not better is peyton barber the samaj p ryan of ron rivera yeah, I mean, it's got to be, right? I mean, Jay, for whatever reason, loves Samaj P. Ryan and, and would bring him up out of nowhere. And it kind of seems like maybe Ron's not there yet, bringing him up out of nowhere, but he definitely keeps him around. He's, and he's he, mentioned him a couple times in camp. He's like, oh, yeah, he yeah. lost weight. He looks good. And you're like, come on, Ron. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Give me something. Here, here's the same, same, same side of the coin as Troy Apke. They they seem oh, to love yeah. this guy, and I don't I don't get it. I I really do not get it. I, and I think that he's going to make the fifty three because they love him so much. But I don't get it. I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, when you move a guy to corner just to see what's there, it's kind of like a hey, we're trying to help you out any way we can, man. Like we're pulling for you. I'm not, but I'm speaking for Ron. <laughs> like, yeah, and we're pulling for you. And he he moved him to corner. They said he looked good at corner too. And I get I get the importance of special teams. Like I really do. I'm not trying to disregard that side of the the football. But if that's the only thing you're good at, and you can't step in in a pinch, um, you know, and maybe he has improved at corner. But I think he got beat on a touchdown yesterday. I mean, I just it, it to me it's like being like in baseball, being a really good bunter, like that's fine. That's great in certain situations, but it's not going to help the team all that much. There's got to be a guy that can also more. that can also square up and hit, hit a fastball. You know, I mean, they're just it's a it's another example of and maybe they love his leadership or love his work ethic. And that's the difference. But to me, it's like Peyton Barber. There's got to be a guy that can do what Troy Apke does and do it probably a little bit better. I agree. Um, it's. It's, it's really hard. That DB room is really hard to decipher. Like I've been saying ever since we talked to Lake, I think DeShazer Everett is the guy that gets cut, even though he is the vet. And I kind of want to talk about that too, is how much does Ron really look at vets for this team? You know, being mm-hmm. Everett is a vet, but he has that injury history. And I've said it over and over again. If you're hurt, you're not helping the team. Mm-hmm. So I think we both, we're both kind of on the same page with DeShazer Everett getting um, – you know, yeah. being the odd guy well, out, being that bed cut. Oh well, yeah, I'll uh, you know I'll take it a step further. I think either him or Jeremy Reeves makes it. I don't think both of them make it. I think that yeah. they kind of serve. I'd rather the same. have Reeves too. Yeah, I I, I think they kind of serve the same purpose. And another guy that Ron has praised is Jeremy Reeves. I, I think it's going to be really tough on Ron. I think he likes a lot of these guys. And and listen, this is all a good problem to have. These are not problems that previous regimes have had in Washington for a while having too many guys that could be potentially contributors. But yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think uh, Shay's just the best ability is availability. And if you're banged up all the time, you know, that's, that's not good for you. And um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with, you know, like that fifth safety or that fifth corner, or, you know, sixth safety, whatever it may be. That's where the, the tough decisions are going to come in. 
And honestly, I wonder, you know, if that's one of the spots where Ron was like, hmm, maybe we've got an issue there. Or maybe there's a guy that's stepped up out of nowhere to, to claim one of those spots. It'll be interesting to see. Well, like you said, we haven't really had that in the past. When you're cutting a guy that's depth that gets picked up by the Buffalo Bills like two or three mm-hmm. days later, like Steven Sims, we haven't had that before. Yeah. And I think we're going to have more of that. These it, guys that could play in other teams, just that's just how we're building the team right now, though. And, and a, a tweet I wanted to bring up, the Tay and Todd podcast, they do such such great stuff. Oh, and yeah. a, a tweet that they tweeted out was, last year Kyle Allen was throwing the ball to AGG in a regular uh, season game as starters. This year he's throwing to him in the third preseason game with the third string unit. That yeah. speaks to what Ron has done with this roster. The fact that guys that were key contributors in the last couple of years are now on other teams or now are afterthoughts for this roster is huge. And it makes me, you know, for, for as much as, you know, nerves as I have about the first team offense, it makes me feel really good that they've really addressed it. And there are, there are examples where guys that were probably considered locks and, you know, future contributors are kind of fringe guys on this roster. Yeah. And going back to the game, it's not a bad thing to have your depth pieces that might have to come in in emergency situations. You know, this is Washington. Injuries do Mm -hmm. happen. Having them go against ones or even twos of of Baltimore, that's great experience. That's good Mm -hmm. reps for some of these other young guys like we talked about that came in or guys like AGG that might be more of like the depth piece this year. It's good reps. I would take that all day long. Like I said, it's not a bad problem to have at all. I would much rather that than just have them going against threes and guys are going to get cut all season long and then say they come in. Someone else said it on Twitter too. Like we bashed like how someone performs on a team of all threes against teams of, you know, twos, threes, whatever it is. But realistically, if someone gets hurt and you come in as a depth piece, and you're like the backup or the third string, you're playing with the rest of starters. Mm-hmm. You're not on that same team of all backups. Like yeah. you see what I'm saying? They're going to cover in. some of your weaknesses. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's a better team. I forgot who said yeah. that on Twitter. Forgive me, but I saw that um, last night, and I was like, that's a really good point yeah. to bring up. Like You can bash you know, someone, but when they come in, in the game, it's not like that at all so yeah and 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 you're you're totally right that the fact that these guys are getting some reps against legit guys you you want as many guys on your roster that have experience you'd rather have guys that played a little bit in preseason or were um you know backup guys somewhere else than having a rookie that's never played before ever so you're absolutely right some of those fringe depth pieces need to have some live bullets and so maybe it is a good thing that they got a little bit more run than the starters because uh, they could use the the, the in-game reps uh, that they don't normally get. Now, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but I want to catch you off guard once again. I want to ask you a little bit of a game, like a right. podcast making the team roster cut franchise tag. If you could place like a safe tag on one player to not get cut on offense and defense, who are you picking? Ooh. I can go, I'll go first. My offense is Dax Mill, and he's my, he's my safe tag. I think uh, I would say Jarrett Patterson, but I think he's locked himself in to where I don't need to throw it on him. So I'm going to say Samus Reyes. I really mm. think that he needs to stay on this team, uh, work through his inexperience, and uh, go from there. So I'm going to make sure he's safe. I feel like he'd be a guy that got picked up pretty quick. By I do too. 
I just think he's a freak of nature and, you know, that there were people, it, it seemed like there were teams that were already looking out for him before Washington was able to get him. So he's yeah, I want him Washington. safe and sound. <laughs> yeah. He picked us. <laughs> that never yeah. happens. You got to keep this guy. Yeah. He, he here um but yeah he's like that mo alley cox like former basketball player who mo alley cox turned into a pretty dang good and you know serviceable yeah. tight end by the way um i would say on defense i really do like tory mctire and like i said it really depends on like what's going on with his injury we haven't really heard too much about it but i really want him to stay on this team there's just something about that feisty corner who's been you know going after the ball every single day and after i saw him go against t higgins uh, from Cincinnati, I was like, all right, this guy's the truth. Like he's going against yeah. top young wide receivers. He's not afraid of anything and he's getting interceptions. If you can get turnovers, you have a spot on this team. So who would your defensive guy be? My defensive guy. Um, I just want to see Derek Forrest uh, make the team, make the initial 53. I think that he, that was a good pop he had to that yeah. one at the goal line. That yeah. was not dirty by the way. Like no, that was all shoulder. <laughs> and I think that uh, going back to DeShazer Everett, I think he could be a younger, new version of DeShazer Everett. He's going to cut his teeth on special teams. If he gets the chance to play, he we see he's not afraid to go pop somebody. Um, so I, I hope he makes it. I think that would be a great story um, and, and to see him out there. And, you know, I think, like I said, I think he's going to be a huge special teams contributor. But to make that, you know, initial 53 has got to feel pretty good. And I think that would be a feel-good story. Yeah, I, I think this would be the first time in a while. I think that all the guys from the draft and like it's really close with Dax Millen. He he might not make the team, but I, I really do believe they're going to keep him because he's been doing punt returns, kick returns. He's looked great receiving the ball. Um, there was a screen um, yesterday. He, he, I mean, he's doing everything you need him mm -hmm. to do. Like I think he was such an upgrade from Steven Sims. Say what you want but he had the better hands. And I think he's shown that over and over again. I think that's what's separating him and why Steven Sims got cut. I think Dax Milne was the exact reason why we were okay sending Steven Sims to Buffalo. Do you think that Dax Milne uh, stops um, DeAndre Carter from getting a spot? I think so. Okay. I think what – I haven't seen like Dax Milne run the ball, and we've seen that like twice. I've seen it in practice, like, like at training camp. DeAndre Carter did like a sweep and a couple end rounds. Nothing crazy. Um, but I think what you could do with Carter, you can do with Milne just the same. I mean, I think they're ideally like the three same. Like we talked about AGG, Harmon, Cam Sims being the same wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I think the same could go with Carter and Milne. Now, obviously, Carter has the special teams experience that Dax Milne doesn't have yet. But right. they're clearly working him in there, and he looks like a natural. Like, I don't think he did much of that at BYU, returning kicks and punts like that. He might have. I didn't watch him return punts. Um, yeah. But I think what he's done in practice and in, in uh, preseason, he's doing exactly what you need to do on the punt return. Just run straight. Don't, don't try to get too fancy <laughs> yeah. with it. Run backwards. You know, you're not Devin Hester. Just go forward and get the best field position possible, and he's done that. But I haven't seen him drop a single ball to where it's like, oh, Dex Money should have had that. Like he is, he catches everything. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the room I'm looking at closely. Like, does AGG? That would be a surprise cut. AGG just because he was drafted mm -hmm. by Ron so high. I mean, the fourth round, and it was last year. You know, say what you want. He was hurt. He had COVID. There was no off season, no mini camps, nothing really to go off of. 
Um, so like for me, that would be the biggest surprise cut on offense. But, and, and and I think that he's improved. I think we've seen improvements. You know, even yeah, week to week in the price, pre- but it's he's getting yeah. Even you know you know dropping the two point conversion, he comes back and snags one away the next game. Yeah. Like it's good to see <laughs> improvements. He did the Allen Iverson like yeah, uh, step, step over. over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love over. it. Yeah, I mean I, that's what I want to see. But I I, I want to see more physical mossing guys like in route like long pass agg i just want to see liberty agg come out which yeah, might be, be too much to ask for but so just to recap don't freak out about the preseason like remember the lions went 4-0 and then they went 0-16 in the regular season the preseason record and score if you're keeping if you're keeping score like don't just throw away everything that you have because it means nothing um i firmly trust what ron's season you know camp and practice I have no concerns about week one. Like, am I nervous? Heck yeah. I'm nervous for every single game. Yeah. Like I was nervous for the preseason games just because it's the first time, you know, seeing the guys out there, you don't want people to get hurt. I'm just ready for week one. Like we're two weeks away and obviously right. we'll, we'll do a little preview show. Well, you know, do the buildup hype. <laughs> You'll be there. I'll be there. I think everyone's going to be there week one, but just real quick, looking at what you've seen so far and then what you've seen out of the chargers. Do you think it's as close as a matchup? Like, do you think that's probably like the closest game of the season? Really? Like, I think it is. Think yeah, it's very I, evenly matched. I think that the Chargers. Yeah, you know, I think that they. Uh, I think they probably finished like seven and nine, something around there. I mean, they were about the same record wise. They just they blew probably, a lot of games late. Yeah. They could have won so many more games. They were yeah. so much better than their record last year. And they, Herbert broke every record possible for rookie quarterbacks. Yeah, they, and they and they're kind of like Washington. The fact that they've got a couple of young pieces on both sides of the ball that you really feel are going to do something special, not just be like decent, but be be like really really good. Um, and I think it's a great test to start off the year. We we talked about Washington facing some big time quarterbacks and. Herbert's going to be there. I mean, if he's not already there from what he showed his rookie year. So I love it a lot. I love that their offense is going to be a great challenge for the defense. And, you know, they got some playmakers on that defensive side that the offense has got to be ready for. So, um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And um, I think that they're going to both be teams that are going to be fighting for the playoffs, you know, towards the end of the year. And honestly, this week one game, I'm not going to say it's a must win or you got to have it, but they could be looking, both teams could be looking back at that game as, you know, that extra win that got us over that extra loss that kept us out. So I love it. Cross conference matchup. It's a, it's a pretty fun way to start the year. And, um, Man, it'll it'll it should be some fireworks for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and it's good that you know the Chargers are so far away because we can't expect but so many fans to travel. To yeah, FedEx. like if I see a lot of powder blue jerseys, I'm going to be greatly concerned. Yeah, real quick. So I want to I want to ask you a question. Back mm-hmm. to the to the roster real fast. So uh, over under one and a half guys that are not on this roster will be signed to the 53. So traded, signed from other teams. Is do you think they get over under one and a half players? Hmm. And they kind of asked Ron today about like trades and like, and he said like around this time, it's kind of like a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Teams are calling. We're calling teams about stuff. I mean, ideally we've been calling teams since February. Um, right. But I think with our depth pieces, like it wouldn't surprise me if we did trade with, like a linebacker and, or in traded like a depth piece or a DB. I mean, injuries are happening. It's, you know, you know uh who was it the uh jets they lost somebody they just signed Shaq lawson like this is the mm, time yeah. when people are like all right we gotta 
you know, recover. Same with um, the Rams signing us or trading for Sony Michelle, like stuff like that's happening right now. So I don't know who, like, could I see like a Tim Settle or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because he is that good. Um, that would suck. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it's going to be a player like that. Um, man, I, I think we sign someone that gets cut before we trade for a guy. I think so too. I think, and it, I don't know why no one has gotten KJ right yet. It blows my yeah. mind. He's a top 100 player. Like the injuries in the past and stuff like that, but like you got to take the chance on the guy. Like, yeah, I, it seems like a. Re- a reunion with Seattle would make a lot of sense, but it's yeah. still weird that that hasn't happened. Yeah. And like, to me, I want Clay Hudson to hurry up and come on, but I don't mm-hmm. think we have enough time for that. Um, so then it gets kind of the thing of like, where do you play KJ, right? Where do you play Cole Holcomb? Like, do you switch? Do you feel comfortable with that move? I don't know. Like maybe him and Cole would kind of be fighting for the same spot on the, uh, the Sam linebacker spot. So, um, but I think we do sign a guy that gets cut. So don't be surprised, but roster cuts, 4 p.m. deadline on Tuesday. Obviously, we're going to be talking about it. It's a lot of guys getting cut. Like yeah. the last few, you know, last few cuts, it's been like, oh, okay, we cut like four guys I've never heard of. Because we're at 80 right now, right? So we got so. to drop 27 guys. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. It's of tough. Guys. It's the life in the NFL, but yeah. you know, a I lot of those. Ron. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, some of those guys come back to the practice squad. But yeah, I, I don't want to be in that decision. I'd rather talk about it afterwards and have to make those decisions and another thing like we played saturday so like ron had ideally an extra day to think about it you never know wonder, it could come into play you i wonder if a couple of teams will get some cuts out of the way tomorrow or if they announce oh, yeah. it all you know it'll be interesting to see that's a long time look i um, guarantee you that whoever we talk about the most on this episode will be cut right, right. tomorrow yeah, right. <laughs> Daxon will be cut this will be out, this will be out of date by the time we post it exactly that's how it always happens but guys like i said 4 p.m tuesday deadline uh for players getting cut ron's got a lot of work to do so don't be tweeting at him about gloves and all that nonsense on twitter (laughs) let my guy live and just coach this team um but we're definitely going to be talking about it and going live once again tuesday night what time like 8 30 9 o'clock whatever works out that's perfect when you see us go live, just put Twitter notifications on for the podcast. Yeah, there you go. It'll come on. But we'll be back Tuesday night to talk about it. Like I said, guys, this podcast, as always, is presented by Bet Online. So go ahead, get those bets in. Washington's winning the NFC East. No doubt about it, right? I'd love that. Yeah, <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Uh, me too. But eight and a half wins is the under over. Hammer that all day long. Yeah. Eight and a half wins. We got an extra game, too, to play with. So I think we go over eight and a half. But, guys, we will see y'all Tuesday. It's time to cut down to 53. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.